Now, we all know that Martin can metabolise a pint in five minutes, but I bet even he wouldn't turn his nose up at getting free beer delivered to his door. Yes, our friends at Beer 52 are offering our listeners a free case of eight unique craft beers. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF and cover the postage of $5.95. Beer 52 is the world's largest beer club. Even Big Mandy is welcome, but not Colin. He's an utter bozo. Each month, members are sent a crate of beer with different themes. Don't like dark beer? Then choose the light option. Comes with a magazine and two snacks, BLT and crumpets not included. Don't be a cockwomble. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF to get this amazing offer. That's www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF. The following podcast contains strong language, like what the actual fuck. Hello there, this is the Reverend Francis Seaton, and you're listening to What the Actual Fuck. <laughs> Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. Daft cow. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck. Hey, what the actual fuckers, and welcome to WTAF, a This Country podcast. Now, first, he's the man that has just come into the studio with only one shoe. The other is now on its way to Paddington Station. It's Neil. If only that were true. If only that were true. I'm, I'm not just. I'm not just isolated away. You're not. This is this is hovel. the first episode uh, of the lockdown series of uh, WTAF. Um, everybody knows what's going on in the world. Everybody knows what's happening. We're not going to talk about it because we want to have happy thoughts and talk about very, very cool things. So it's lovely to have you here, Neil. Virtually, as Thank such. You very much. <laughs> yeah, you should have put, put the computer screen on the seat next to you. That's I should have done. I should have done. Anyway. Now, try and remember a time before the internet. It's not easy for all of you youngsters out there. Now, I'm 50, and I honestly can't remember a time before The Simpsons. Our superfan guest this episode is an Emmy Award-winning writer for the greatest animated family in television history, as well as creator alongside comedian Bill Burr for F is for Family. Please welcome to WTAF, live from L.A., it's Michael Price. Hi, guys. <laughs> Hi, Michael. How are you doing, are sir? You? We're doing all right. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm I'm speaking to you from my home. Uh, like most of the world, uh, I work on The Simpsons, but we're all working remotely via Zoom these days. Our Simpsons writer's room is just a big uh, TV screen full of little squares <laughs> of us all talking to each other. Uh, but we're figuring out a way to make it work. It, it it seemed crazy the first day or so, and now it's fairly manageable, and we're getting by. So we're still being able to create and write new Simpsons episodes, which makes us happy, and I hope everyone is happy when they come out. Well, we've we've well, done. Speaking... I was going to say we've done a hundred and nineteen. <laughs> Hang on a minute. See, they've got to get into a rhythm. We've done 119 episodes um, of this podcast, 
And this is the very first one where someone has taken a break from The Simpsons to come and speak to us. I mean, I think I think we shouldn't do another episode after this. I think that's where we hit the peak. I mean, it doesn't get any better well, than that. This is my lunch hour, and so uh, normally, yeah. I mean, I'm just sitting here in little little get little uh, middle guest room at at my house here in Los Angeles. Oh, that's awesome. It's so nice to talk to you and, and especially to talk to you about this amazing, amazing show that I've just completely fallen in love with. And now I'm jealous because uh, the third series, as you call it, we call them seasons out here, but um, is not available to us in the United States yet. So uh, uh, no spoilers. <laughs> Absolutely. But that will be interesting because we want to know so a little bit later what you think is going to happen and things like that. Neil, do you want to say what you were going to say? Oh, it was only about The Simpsons. You carry on making The Simpsons, sir. That's all. I, I would be lost without my Simpsons. So. Yes. Oh. Well, the thing is, it's like it's like today, Disney Plus um, was released in, in the UK. And I spent the morning oh. watching The Simpsons from the first series. It's amazing that you sort of think 30 years. It, so when did you, I mean, we will talk about this country, obviously, but when did you sure. start on, on The Simpsons, Michael? I started my first day ever working on The Simpsons was in December of 2001. So uh, they were in the middle of making season 13. Those and then, and we are now in the course of writing what will be season 32. So I guess that means I've been here for 19 years. (laughs) That's crazy. Uh, Yeah, no, it's amazing. It's amazing. you know, uh, I, I until I'd worked on The Simpsons, I had done. I'd worked on other things. I'd worked on a bunch of shows that no one will ever remember or mourn. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but um, uh, especially there was my, my the first one I ever worked on. My first primetime show was a show called Homeboys in Outer Space, that I'm sure was a huge hit over there in the UK. But um, anyway, you know. But then, uh, long story short, is that while I was working on that show. Uh, I got to meet two of the guys who were had been very big time Simpsons writers and were the Simpsons showrunners in the early years, Al Jean and Mike Reese. Um, and they got to know me and like me. And then they hired me for another show they did later, later on after that. And then a couple of years later, I was working on another show that got canceled. And I got a call from Al, who was now running The Simpsons, and he said, I have a job for you at The Simpsons if you'd like it. And I was like, yes, I would. Uh, And that was, yeah, that was 2001. So, and it was really in the aftermath of the other, you know, 9-11. It was, I got that call from him about a month after 9-11. So here we are kind of in a way, full circle away again in another kind of earth shattering moment. But, uh, and The Simpsons certainly saved me. And I hope the, I hope we keep making them. Neil? I was just going to say, um, working on The Simpsons, and then obviously we consider it American in itself, how did you find um, watching things like this country and how they write and everything, how it compares to your style, and if you see what I mean? Sure, absolutely. Well, I'm a huge fan of British television, um, and I'm usually the one at The Simpsons running in saying, have you seen this? Have you heard of this? Uh, I mean, again... I've been at The Simpsons for so, so, so long now. I remember when I believe I was one of the first people, possibly me and, and Matt Groening, who ha- were watching The Office, you know, and coming in and saying, you've got to watch this show, The Office. It's amazing, you know, and then we all got into it, of course. Um, 
So I've had a huge affinity for for um, this, your kinds of shows, uh, just to list some. Uh, the Office, of course. Uh, I'm a big fan of all the Ar Armando Iannucci shows. So like um, the thick of it. Again, I'm 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 the one person at The Simpsons who's always talking about the thick of it. And, yeah. You know. And then when the, when they started making Veep, I was like, you've got to watch the thick of it. Veep <laughs> is great, but the thick of it is even better. Yeah. And you know, Malcolm Tucker and all that. You know. And uh, so I'm the kind of like the what do you want to call it? Like John the Baptist of like watch this show. You know. So Alan Partridge. Um, there's a lot of shows I think from from the UK that we don't get to see here in the United States. But um, I briefly had a chance to um, adapt uh, the show that starred Chris O'Dowd called FM, uh, and they were trying to make an American version of that, and and I got to write a pilot for the American version of it. But uh, as such things happen, it never got made or, or seen. But uh, I I really enjoyed that show. So again, like when um, uh, Daniel Kaluuya, you know, from uh, Get Out was in that show. I was like, that's that guy. I, that guy was in the FM. You know, so I'm, <laughs> I'm sort of the idiot running around the office talking about great English shows. Um, so so I really have a huge fan. I'm a huge fan of them. It's interesting how uh, the one thing that's way different from uh, the way we do things here is, for instance, uh, uh, first, that the seasons or the series are very short comparatively. Yeah. Now, the way things work on uh, streaming, like if you're working on a Netflix show, it's a little bit similar. And now most seasons or whatever of a streaming show might be 10 episodes, whereas, you know, the, the network standard in The Simpsons, we make 22 episodes a year. But six, it, it seems like, wow, that's a crazy sh small amount of, <laughs> of episodes. But the other thing that's great is that the writers, I think, are, at least from what I understand, uh, you have more time to work on them and you're not kind of grinding them out. And, you know, so the writers tend to be like a small group of writers that, that work on the shows. And it's a little bit different process of making them. Mm. I think it, sometimes it works the other way around. Cause I'm, this is, you know, I'll probably get shot down in flames by, by UK listeners, but I love the American office more than the UK office because of that, because you've got more time with the characters and you get to love, you fall in love with the characters more and the characters go on a bit more of a journey than like six episodes and done for a season where it's like 20, 22 mm -hmm. episodes. But it's, it's, it's That's weird. It's weird how you say that when, when it comes to something like the Simpsons, how, cause you, cause you've won Emmys for, for writing episodes of the, of the Simpsons, haven't you? What, what, yes. what's your process then? Do you go in with an idea and then the writing room would like flesh it out? Or do you go in with the full episode and say, this is what we're going to do? No, we we tend to uh, have a thing about once a year or once or once or twice a year where we all get together because we have a very large group of writers. We have around between people who work full time like myself. I work five days a week and we have other people who are called consultants who maybe work one day or two days. But all told, there's about 18 of us. Uh, and that doesn't include Matt Groening and uh, Jim Brooks or James L. Brooks, who was you know, our ultimate whatever boss. Mm. Um, so it's hard to we never we're never always all together as a big group hardly ever uh but these are one of the days when we are and um what we've done in the past is that we would have a day which would be called story day or they call it the story retreat which in the golden days of the simpsons would literally be a thing where they'd all go away and spend a night at a hotel or something somewhere at the beach or in the mountains and then they'd rent out a room there and never would do it so it's no longer a retreat in that way like we just either have it in our writer's room or a big 
big meeting room somewhere on our studio a lot. But anyway, we all get together and everyone has like about five or 10 minutes to present. This is the story I want to do. And you, you pitch it. So you come up with your story. You tend to want to make it more or less figure out what, what are the, because uh, again, in, in commercial American TV, we have act breaks. So there's like commercials, so there's act one, act two, act three. Mm. And you more or less present the story, how, how you envision it and try to make it as funny as possible in the pitch and include jokes and sometimes visual things. Like if, if, if an episode was based on a real thing that was going on, you might bring a picture of it and say, this is a real thing, or here's the news article I read that got me into this. Um, and then you pitch it in front of everyone and hopefully you get laughs from the group. And ultimately the ultimate authority is Jim Brooks uh, and Matt Groening who will listen to it and say, yeah, that's good. And and well, what if it was this? Or, you know, the thing that bothered me was this part of it. And what if we did it like this? And then we all spent about another 15 minutes or so all throwing in our ideas and someone is writing it all down. And uh, uh, luck, I mean, um, hopefully you've won him over and he's like, yes, we'll do that. And then you get off and you get to write the episode. So then they usually go and write an outline, which is about 10 or 11 pages, which is sort of just laying out each scene, what each scene would be in kind of a prose way or treatment, it's called. Mm. Um, you get notes on that from the head writer, who is usually uh, Al Jean. Uh, we have another executive producer named Matt Selman, who uh, he kind of has his own unit in a way. Like he has certain episodes that are his that he runs. So if I'm working for Matt, then Matt will be the one giving the notes. If not, it'll be Al. And then based on those notes, then you go off and you have about two weeks to sort of just go off somewhere, either go home or uh, go to the Starbucks, whatever, and write write the first draft of the script. You do your best job of it, turn it in. And then that's the beginning of the process, really. Then that script belongs to the whole staff in a way. And the, the runner of that show, Al or Matt, then use his discretion to direct how we rewrite it and punch it up and that can be a process depending on where we are in the season that could go on for you know off and on for several weeks of different drafts of it and eventually it gets to a point where you're ready to present it and then we have what's called a table read which in the past in the golden in the good old days of up until two weeks ago uh we would all get together in a big room on the fox studio lot and the actors as many of them were in town would come and sit around the table with all of us and we'd bring guests and friends can come and um, like kind of an audience and we read the script out loud and we want to hear how it sounds and if it gets laughs and so on. And then based on that, we then rewrite the script and then it gets put into production and it's animated and they record the voices. And then even though over the course of the next, uh, although several months, we have a couple of different bites at the apple to, to make it better. Um, the script, the show will come back in what's called an animatic form, which is sort of like a, a animated storyboard in a way, like pencil drawing. Yeah. But it's a it's a chance to see what the show looks like more or less before we commit to really fully animating it. And there's a chance to rewrite it then if, if a big piece doesn't work, then we'll rewrite it, uh, re-record new lines, and then it gets put into full animation. And then a couple more months after that, the whole show comes back in full animation, and then we have a chance to watch it again. Uh, that's called the color. And we watch we watch the color version of it, and there's a chance to rewrite, change maybe you know, about five percent of it, you know, a shot here or there or whatever, and then we fine tune it, and then it gets put into like all the editing and sound effects and music, and then it's then it's done. That all takes about about ten or eleven months. 
or one so, episode. So how long would it take to do an entire series or season? I should say. Well, each season, our writing, our you know, our production schedule is about a year long. So you know, uh, so from the beginning to end, let's say it's all about like a year and a half, probably for all twenty-two episodes to be done, because they're all sort of in a different different phases of a pipeline. Mm-hmm you know, moving through, you know, so there's different, our animation studio, we have a bunch of great directors. So there might be four or five um, animation units that are working on different episodes and they're all different phases of of being done. But yeah, it takes about a roughly a little over a year or so to create an entire 22 episodes. Wow. Apart from the fact that the Simpsons is famous for just being, it's like, it's like airplane. It's like every, every single scene has got so many, gags and and sight gags and and just visuals that you need to see it's also like the 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 cameos that you get is the the people that crop up has there ever been anybody that you've wanted to get because you've pretty much i think got everybody haven't you is there anybody that you've We've never been able a lot not get i mean not not when in my experience the one i think the one most famous person that the show has always tried to get and for whatever reason he has politely said no. Is Bruce Springsteen? Uh, really? We're all big. We're all big fans of his, and uh, I think they've written some stuff for him a number of times and asked him, and for whatever reason, he he said no. Um, so he's probably the biggest. But we've gotten some. We had Tony Blair was on our show. Yeah, <laughs> that's Prime right. Minister yeah. a few years back. Uh, in fact, Al Jean, who was our showrunner, uh, flew out to uh, England. I think he recorded him in a special. They set up like a special recording booth, whatever, on Downing Street. That's where he. Recorded his part um so we've gotten some big <laughs> some big gets but uh i think springsteen is maybe the the biggest uh we try to get michelle obama uh there was an episode several years ago uh that was about lisa feeling kind of uh, low self-esteem and we wrote it so that uh she wrote some stuff like a blog post about how she was feeling like not really well good about herself and had low self-esteem and the idea of the script was that Michelle Obama, the first lady, um, read it and felt bad for her and flew in on a presidential helicopter and <laughs> told Lisa everything's going to be okay. And we offered it to the real Michelle Obama. And she, I, I think her husband was, was still the president then. And for whatever reason, again, she said, no, thank you. So we got a, the great actress. Um, uh, I want to say Jada Pinkett. I'm, I'm sure. I forget who it was. I think it might have been Jada Pinkett. To play Michelle Obama, right, uh, right, but yeah, yeah, still yeah. very cool though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was great. It was great. So it's it's fun. It's fun. Uh, Is, have you ever been tempted? Obviously, things like you've spoken about the thick of it, this country, which we'll talk about more in detail shortly. Uh, a sort of adult base. Has there ever been a temptation to do an adult? sort of version or an adult episode of the simpsons or is it mm, no i think uh, you know uh, the closest we'll get to doing something with the uh i guess our shows reach reach england a little bit later than they first air here in the united states so the other night sunday night uh whatever that was march 22nd or so we aired an episode that maybe skirt as fairly close as we can get to being adult which was about um uh, it was about uh, Marge uh, getting a job at a legal uh, cannabis dispensary, uh, like a weed, like a weed, like a, but a super high end kind of, because a lot of them are, I don't know what's going on over there, but in the last few years or so, they've been legalized in a lot of states over here and they've turned into these kind of like very um, high end 
kind of like boutique kind of places. So uh, Marge got a job working at one of those, and it was owned by uh, Dedrick Tatum, the uh, the Mike Tyson style uh, mm-hmm. uh, boxer. Uh, I think it's a great episode. So we, I'm sure it'll come reach you guys in a little while. But that oh, that be. was when we even had to put like a little they had to put like a little discretionary thing in front of it saying you know adult themes or whatever. No, that's right. I mean, to segue a little bit, that's Reference for Family, my Netflix show. That's that's my adult Simpsons. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I get the feeling because um, I'm. I think I'm. I'm halfway through season two um, of Reference for Family, and I must admit, it, it made me think that you, you you probably feel a little bit tied down when it comes to the Simpsons. When you were F with F F for Family, you must think, thank fuck, right? Let's just say anything, just do anything. Let's have as many sex scenes and 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 just <laughs> drugs and oh god, just let's just do everything. It just gets the yeah. feeling that you you can just do what you want. And and I, I mean, I'm quite you know, I I'll watch anything within reason, I suppose. But I've even been surprised in some of the things. I mean the what you must have got these guys to draw. <laughs> I was watching well, some yes. of them and I, was, and I seriously, well, <laughs> I, I don't even, I'm not no. going to say, you, you need to go and watch it, but I thought I need There's to speak famous, to Michael. There's uh, one famous, the most infamous scene, I guess, probably of the whole series to date was in season one where it was, yeah, I will, you know, with, <laughs> there was some, uh, let's say, shall we say, there was some male nudity in it uh, <laughs> that was quite uh, graphic in its way. Uh, <laughs> And, uh, you know, uh, yeah, our show was animated in Canada. Oh, really? Uh, the first season was animated at a place in Ottawa, uh, Canada. And uh, Bill Burr, our star uh, and co-creator, uh, happened to be in Ottawa because he was on tour performing stand-up. And he visited the recording st- the animation studio where they were working on that episode, I think, at the time. Uh, and he met the animator who was working on that particular scene, a young woman <laughs> who, who <laughs> apparently was like, he was like, oh, I feel terrible for you. And she was like, no, this is great. I love it. And she had all these um, kind of reference draw uh, photographs of the particular piece of, uh, <laughs> of male anatomy that she was uh, animating. So uh, it made him feel better that she, you know, she volunteered for it. <laughs> we weren't forcing anyone to be traumatized. Yeah. But uh yeah, I mean it's it's interesting because like like The Simpsons, uh, of course, is is the greatest show ever, uh, and it does have those um, you know restrictions on it because it's a network show. So when I got to make the show for Netflix, where where there's almost anything goes, um, it just made it a whole di- uh, completely different kind of show, and it worked it worked perfectly with what we wanted to do, which was to be animated, be funny, but also be true to like what really happens the way people really talk or what really happens in life. And it's been a really happy, uh, yeah. Happy turnout. The look so on... it is true. That, oh, sorry. I was going to say it is true then that Netflix really do give their artists or creators free license. Yeah. I, we've had barely, we not had hardly any way uh, of them sort of saying, no, you can't do that. Or no, you can't say that a very, very small amount um again in the sexual area there was a scene in uh early in season two of Epis for family where um uh poor bill the youngest son he's the one who always seems to be seeing these horrible things that's probably the scene i was going to tell you yeah right yeah well uh, the the scene in episode one in the season one the first thing that happened was he his dad took him to a 
uh, American football game. And uh, this was based on a real thing that happened to me when I went to a football game with my dad around that age where I had to go to the men's room and the ba- the bathroom at this it was called Shea Stadium in New York was just absolutely this horrific hellhole full of all these old grizzled old guys, you know, standing at a urinal. And, you know, so he, he had this, we call it the bill face, which is this kind of traumatized look that he gets on his face. And we play this music cue of like, <laughs> so we keep bringing that up and he keeps, he keeps seeing it. So then in later in that first season, that's when he, he witnessed his parents uh, making love. And that's when he saw that horrible thing. Um, and then in early in season two, he uh, accidentally walked in on his older brother, his teenage brother, Kevin, who was, you know, having sex with himself, let's say. And, uh, and he, again, he got traumatized by that. And so we had, we had some restrictions on what we could show, what we could see the animated teenager doing. So we, we, we ended up putting it in shadow, but originally we had more of a, you could see more of what was going on and we were saying like, no, no, we can't, we can't do that. That was probably about it. Uh, except, you know, in every other way that Netflix has been completely supportive of everything. In fact, early on in the first season, um, they told us to like go further. So there was a scene in, in the first season uh, set at Halloween where again, poor Bill, the bully was saying, you know, if you go out trick or treating, trick or treating is for pussies, whatever he said, you know, and, and if you, if I see you out in a costume, I'm going to beat you up. And so he did it anyway, trying to sneak out of the house. And then of course the bully shows up and starts beating him up. So, um, so we had him and the bully and his two friends sort of shoving the kid around and Netflix said like, can it be more people doing it? <laughs> so said, Please have, have more people beating him up and taunting him. So we were like, all right, you guys are on our side. So, uh, now they've been really great, and uh, you know the, the the standard you get from often from uh, working for a big TV network. Um, Simpsons isn't that way because it's a very special, it's a very special kind of relationship with everything. But I've worked on other shows where you get like notes from eight different people, and no, no, do this, do that, da da. Um, apparently, Netflix people are very, very note light and just sort of say we love it. Could you maybe, this one part maybe was hard to understand. Could you maybe change this line? The smallest little things. But they, they've been incredibly supportive and uh, they let us do what we want to do. So what cartoons are you a fan of then? Which animated series are you a big fan of? Apart from your own, of course. Right, yeah. Well, Simpsons, you know, well, as a kid growing up, uh, I was a huge fan of uh, Bugs Bunny cartoons. So, uh, you know, uh, there was a TV station where I grew up in New Jersey, uh, which in New York, which just showed every day at three o'clock or so, we'd show a half an hour of Warner Brothers Bugs Bunny cartoon. So I would be home from school like around 2.45 and like, boom, TV on, Bugs Bunny. Uh, so I love all those. And I became kind of like a weird completist of like having an encyclopedic knowledge of everything. So I knew all the names of all the animators and Chuck Jones, I know Chuck Jones from Frizz Feeling, from Robert Mackinson, you know, and I can recognize, I, even as like a 13, 12 or 13 year old, I could recognize, oh, that's a Chuck Jones, other, you know, um, you know, that kind of thing. Um, Flintstone, I mean, these are going back to the old timeies, the Flintstones, yeah, yeah. all those old Hanna-Barbera shows, even Scooby-Doo, my, I have a son now who's 23, but um, when he was growing up, he was a big fan of Scooby-Doo, so we, I've watched so many Scooby-Doo's <laughs> with him, uh, but I still like it. Uh, for as far as what's going on now, uh, like Futurama, of course, the other Matt Groening show is a huge fan of. 
Uh, I've watched Disenchantment enough to like it. I think Big Mouth is great. Uh, Bojack, all those shows mm. that are out right now. Um, uh, there's a new one from, that I don't know if it's reached to the UK yet, but it's on Fox right now. It's called Duncanville. And it's being, it was created and produced by Mike Scully, who was a great Simpsons writer. And it stars um, uh, Amy Poehler, who plays a teenage boy in it. Oh, right. It's very good. It started airing in the UK, I mean, in the United States. Yeah. Do you think it's, it, it's a bit of a golden age for um, animation on TV? Yes, I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. I, in fact, you know, there's so much going on right now. Well, there's such a gold rush feeling, or at least there, we'll, we'll see what happens, uh, you know, hopefully when we're all out of this terrible time we're on, what it'll be like then. But the the rise of all these streaming channels like Netflix and Amazon and Apple and uh, all the other ones, there's a new one from HBO Max, it's called, and, and whatever, has led to a huge increase in production of everything. But I think animation especially it's a little relatively cheaper to make than a live action show. Mm. Um, and for whatever reason, it plays well all around the world. So there's been a huge jump in a lot of animated stuff and to the point where it's hard for us sometimes if we're looking to hire like an, uh, a storyboard artist or an animator, like they're hard, you can't find them. <laughs> so I'm telling anybody, I'll hear from people who are saying like, I'm interested in getting into this. You know, I said like, become an animator. <laughs> you know, if you can draw, if you can draw, you might get a job. Because we're always like, we can't find them. They can't. When we're our animation studios, we're, all, we're scattered all over the world. We had one in Paris and one in Ottawa. The other one right now we're working with is Montreal, Canada, um, and, and in LA. It's like they can't find anybody to take these jobs because they're, everybody's working. Yeah. Right. So we promise we won't say anything about Series 3 because we don't want to ruin it for you. Because as of last night, that oh. was the last episode of Series 3 um, that oh, uh, wow. just aired. So we will not say anything about it. But. Where did you discover this country? Where did, where did it, how did it get on your radar? Yeah, well, I was having uh, a meeting with uh, a, a guy I'm working with. I'm, I'm currently in the process of uh, hoping to develop a show for HBO, um, which is based on a foreign a show uh, from another country. And, um, and it had a, a feel kind of like, the feel we're going for this with this particular show is sort of like kind of sad, broken people who all sort of work together at this place. And, and uh, so we were talking about like, what do you think the tone of this show is? And I said, well, you know, it's kind of like that. And we want it to be really funny, but we also want it to be real and to be about people that have real problems and you have empathy for them. And so he said, have you ever heard of a show called this country? And I said, no. And he goes, Oh, it's really, really funny. I think this would be an interesting show for you to watch because it, it seems like the tone of it is, is similar. Um, and I believe HBO was interested in trying to make the American version of it, but uh, they ended up going with uh, Daisy and uh, Charlie ended up going with, um, I think, Fox. Yeah, I think it is. The American version? I think it yeah. is, yeah. So anyway, yeah, um, yeah so um, anyway, so he said, watch it. So then I went on Hulu and I just started watching it and just loved it immediately. Uh, and then the other thing that also made me really uh, love it is that I have a strange non-relationship, whatever you want to call, kind of like a Twitter friendship with uh, Paul Chahidi, who plays the vicar. Yeah. Um, going back many years, I guess I want to say seven or eight years ago, uh, he was in this acclaimed uh, uh, production or two productions from the Globe Theater of... Uh, it was it was sort of in repertory. It was Richard the Third and um, Twelfth Night, 
uh, starring Mark Rylance, uh, the great Mark Rylance, who I could do a whole show just about how much I think I love him. Yeah. But um, I went to see it, went to New York specifically to see that. And I saw them both in the day, like I saw Richard III in the afternoon and Twelfth Night in the evening. And Paul, uh, in, the, in those productions too, uh, all the parts are all played by men, like they like they were back in Shakespeare's time. So Mark Rylance was playing uh, Olivia, I think, in it, and Paul was playing, um, I can't remember the name of the character, but it was a woman, female character. He was so funny and so great. So uh, I tweeted about how great the show was and how wonderful it was. And somehow he saw it and wrote back to me saying, oh, thank you so much. I'm glad you liked it. And then I said, you were incredible. You were amazing. Oh, it's so nice. And I said, you know, I'm a writer on The Simpsons. Oh, The Simpsons love The Simpsons. I said, please, if you're ever in Los Angeles, please come out and say hi. And he goes, I will. So then he's never had a chance to do that. But um, so whenever I, every once in a while, I'll see something that he was in. Uh, like he's in the death of Stalin, going back yeah. to Armando Iannucci. He's incredible in that. So I wrote to him saying, you were great, death of Stalin. Oh, thank you so much. And um, and so when I started watching this, uh, I wrote to him again saying, I just watched the first couple episodes of this country. You're so great. And oh, he said, thank you so much. And he was apparently over here. He said he was in, I'm here over here in Portland, Oregon, working on a show of some kind. So uh, hopefully he got home. Um, but anyway, that's that's my little mini connection. I've never met him. I've never spoken to him, but just through Twitter. Um, but he's so good on it. And I just, I just instantly fell in love with it. And um, I'd seen Daisy. I didn't realize I'd seen her already because there's another Armando Inucci show that's currently playing on HBO called Avenue five. I don't know if that's, if you, if you guys yeah, have seen yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she's in that. Uh, and she and she and Charlie wrote an episode of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd already watched it and I'd seen her being really funny on that show. And the guy said, that's the, she's on Avenue five. She's the one I, I was like, Oh, she's great. You know? So anyway, I just fell in love with it instantly and just thought it was just the greatest show ever. Mm. And what's your favorite episode that you've seen so far? Have you, have you got a favorite? Boy, boy, they're, yeah, they're all so good. I've got my little episode guide here in front of me. I'm going to look at it again. They're all so good. Um, I think for pure sadness, the vicar's son is is so sad, and and that the guy, the kid who played his the vicar's son was so good, uh, and just that sadness of seeing him like of someone who's and it's played it's very funny as well the way that he falls off the wagon and yeah you know <laughs> but uh, that's really funny in terms of pure comedy. I think threatening letters, which is episode two of season two is great because i love i love big mandy <laughs> as well <laughs> she cracks me up uh but probably just in terms of just gut-wrenching and and how funny oh the the one where uh i'm sorry well they're all so good minor injuries also great the whole one said at the at the clinic also mandy has a big part in that too. yeah um but Probably the very the last one I've seen, which is the end of season two, called Family Loyalties. The way that it's so it's played as comedy at the beginning of the series, the way that uh, Daisy uh, uh, Carrie, I'm sorry, feels about her father, is sort of as a throwaway joke in the very first episode when he's walking the baby carriage down the street and she goes, "That's my dad, that's my dad," and then it's every time he shows up, he's so awful, and I know he's their real father too, which is also makes it funny, but. Um, He's so awful and so terrible. And to see her make that decision to, you know, go to jail for her dad 
is so heart-wrenching and so sad and it just killed me so i guess that's probably the you know each one is better than the last so that's the last <laughs> one i saw so on hulu have they got the special as well no they do not have the special and i'm i just found out about the special because i'm looking at the wikipedia page so i've got to figure out how to get get that i don't know why it's not there is that one of those ones they put on at Christmas or something? Is that like you guys tend to do yeah, that, right? No, it, you know, it was, episode? Yeah, because Daisy was um, uh, just had a baby. They they didn't have oh. time didn't have time to do a full series, so they just did a special. It was um, I, I think see. it was released around about sort of October November time, if I remember correctly. Um, and then they moved on and obviously did a a, a, a full third series which is oh, which is I the see. last one the last series right right so, well, until that's it 18 uh, that's yeah. that's for england is like the simpsons like three episodes <laughs> three seasons of six episodes that's about as far as you go and that's not even one season of the simpsons is it that's like not even a no, full it's season no it's not it's not but that's yeah. fine there's daisy and charlie uh, just going more yeah daisy and charlie so we've had enough no we, we, we've worked too hard that's it you know <laughs> Oh my goodness! It's just a, you know. So you mentioned um, yeah. you mentioned Big Mandy uh, as one of your. Is that your favorite character, or I, I suppose the vicar? Uh, I she's suppose. my favorite. I saw the vicar aside from uh, from Carrie and Curtin. Yeah, the vicar I love. Uh, but then Mandy, I love Mandy. But I love the vicar. Uh, just not, aside from the fact that whatever I I tweet to Paul Chidi, but uh, he's so sweet and so wonderful. That's why I think I think my favorite episode of his is the one with the uh, uh, when uh, Carrie hurts herself, uh, mm. you know, at the clinic because you get to see him lose his shit and, <laughs> and like how he's how he's worried about his car being the, the car parking and all that stuff and how he tells her to lie for him and everything. It's great. That's what I love about. I was gonna, I was going to go back a little bit to what you were mentioning about the American Office because the reason I prefer I think the American Office is great. Steve Carell, brilliant and. You certainly like you know whatever a hundred or so more episodes. Yeah, yeah. But um, <laughs> but uh, what I love about the British Office and what I love about mostly like this show is that everything the people keep moving forward and change and things happen to them. You know when you when you're doing an American Network TV show uh, like American Office, Michael Scott was the Steve Carell, the American version of. Uh, David uh, Brent, teacher basis character. David, David Brent, Brent yeah. right, uh, right. So in David Brent, I think by the end of maybe the second series, he's fired, you know, and then he he went on the road and doing all those like road gigs, and yes, which is so funny. But like, it, it's it 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 follows what would really happen. Like, no way on earth would that guy have a job, you know, after six episodes or ten episodes worth of stuff. So the American version had to keep finding ways to keep Michael Scott around, you know, and which is super funny, but I, I, that's what I like about, uh, I think it's what I enjoy about watching the, uh, the UK TV shows, which fall that way, which is like, it falls a more natural thing, mm. you know, so it would be really easy. And I, again, I haven't seen the third series of uh, this country, uh, but it would be incredibly easy. And I imagine if they do the American version on Fox and they end up making 20 episodes a year, they have they there's no way those characters can really grow or learn or be much different because then there's no show no so when you only have three seasons of six episodes they can grow that way and it was really that's also was very sweet i thought about um uh the second series of uh, this country too is that you know uh, carrie seems to not learn much no. <laughs> you know, she doesn't <laughs> 
<laughs> but it's great to see. It's nice to see Curtin getting a little more mature. And I love that he had that job at the bowling club and that, you know, that I could see it, he almost, that, that also killed me too, is that, that the end of the first season when he, so he was going to go back to school and he couldn't quite put it together and he sabotaged himself and he figured out a way not to go. It made me so sad, but now it's nice to see that by the end of series two that he's got this job and he enjoys it and he certainly seems to have more of a head on his shoulders than uh than daisy so i i hope in series three that uh i hope they find a nice a nice happy resolution for them and that they find their well we we will not say a word we are going to leave that for you to uh to find out about yourself right before we do anything else we're going to have a little bit of a oh go on I was just going to say, Michael, which will be part two of this interview, because I really want to know what you think of the special and, of course, of Series 3. Yes. There will sure. be part. I would love to come back on uh, whenever that eventually gets makes its way over here. Hopefully, I don't know how soon they go on Hulu after they're done airing in uh, in Britain, but yeah. uh, I'll, I'll be on the lookout for it. Awesome. Right. We're going to play a little bit of a quiz. Uh, I'm going to give you a line of dialogue, and you need to tell me whether it's Kerry or Curtin that said it. Okay, all okay. of all of these are from series one or series two, so you will have seen them. So here you go. Number one, if you are joking me, then that's massively harsh. If you are joking me, then that's massively harsh. That sounds like curtain to me. I'm going to say that's a curtain line. That was curtain. That was in GNVQ. Right. That's when he found out that he was be- he was accepted to go to school. Uh, number two, since Graham's wife died. We don't do that anymore because we don't take the piss. <laughs> Since Graham's wife died, we don't do that anymore because we don't take the piss. Boy, I, I, I'm going to just guess a day, that's a daisy one, but I could be wrong. Well done. That, wow. was, that was Kerry in the Mandy episode. Number three. Kerry, Kerry I can't remember Daisy. <laughs> Number three. I don't know her. I'm acting, like a, I'm acting like I'm some kind of Hollywood you know, jerk. Yeah, Daisy, like I know her. I don't know her. I love the, we should get her on The Simpsons. I'm going to oh, that's you my should. next thing. Oh, please do. You should. I will see what I can do. Question. You need to get both of them together. Both of them. Yeah, yeah. 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 Right, number three. It wasn't a magnet. It was a bookmark with all the queens on it. I'm going to say that's Carrie, too. That was Curtin in oh. Peeping Tom talking about when he went off to the school to the Hampton Court. Never mind, two out of three, that's good so far. Number four, I never stood a chance because the whole village was waiting to fuck me over. Oh, that's Carrie. That's Carrie. No, that was Curtin. Oh! That was Curtin in the very first episode when he was sent down to Trowley Bottom Farm instead of having a perfect pitch for his scarecrow. Right, of course. And number five, mark my words, something bad is going to happen today. I'm going to say Carrie. That was three out of five. Oh, oh. That's a very respectable That's score there, sir. Very respectful. Well done, Michael. Now, it's funny you were saying about um, getting Daisy and Charlie on The Simpsons. I saw some fan art today where somebody had taken some original Simpsons characters and made them into the characters from this country. Just, oh, to, really? I'd be interested for you. To, can you tell me which characters they had that they repurposed for Daisy and Charlie? Out of Simpsons characters, who do you think that they repurposed? Well... The obvious would be to make it like Homer and I mean Bart and Lisa. Uh, no, but I don't. Oh no, uh, or like uh, think more about how they physically look. 
as yeah, opposed to was, like them. Oh, I see. Yeah, I was going to say, oh, you can make, I mean, Daisy Carey, sort of like a Homer type character. Uh, I mean, that would be a little weird to do cross gendering, but. Uh, no, the, you know, they, or, they actually or had. Like uh, the, for the people that. Oh, I was looking at, they actually had Martin Mucklow as Homer with the tattoos oh, and stuff. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Uh, well then, I mean, the, the people that they most resemble on the show are the like the, the bully characters, like Jimbo and Kearney and, and Dolph, you know, or the squeaky voice teen, like our teenage characters. So, <laughs> I'll tell you uh, who I'm it was. Guess, I'll tell you who it was. For, so for Curtin, they had Mr. Burns, but <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah, okay, but, but just with that. like yeah. the, the curtain hairstyle with the with the curtains, right, and for <laughs> for for Kerry, <laughs> it was Barney. Oh my but, god! But with a blonde, yes. with a blonde pigtail and a Swindon Town football shirt on, it would. It, as soon as you see him, you think, "Of course it is. That's perfect. That's absolutely perfect." Yeah. But Can yeah, you send I, that? I will. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can find. I will. Okay. I'll see if I can find it for you, and I'll send it to you because I think they had. I can't remember who they had for the vicar, but I'll have to. I'll, I'll send it for you. I'll find it for well, you, and I'll send it. I mean, the vicar would be Reverend Lovejoy if you were making. If you were doing it for real, absolutely. But... What do you uh, think yeah. about the casting, Michael, of um, Sean uh, William Scott as the vicar in the U.S. remake? Yeah, that was interesting. I thought. Um, uh, I mean, I think he's. It's hard to tell sometimes why they cast people. I mean, I think he's very funny, um, but uh, it's possible that you know he has a little bit of residual still, uh, you know, notoriety from being an American Pie stifler and all that. <laughs> so I think sometimes that that is part of it. I can I can see him doing a good job. I mean, it, I guess with the way they're the way they're anticipating the character, maybe he's more kind of like a youth pastor at a, you know, at a, at a, if it's set in the Midwest, probably I'm guessing it's probably set somewhere in like Iowa or something like that. Mm. It makes sense to me that way. We don't really have vicars, vicars in the United States. We have priests and things like that. But uh, you know, I, I could see him maybe possibly being kind of one of like the youth pastor at like a Methodist church or something like that. Yeah, he could be good. Uh, they, haven't, they haven't said who's going to play um, uh, Carrie and Curtin yet in the United States, I don't think. They have. Um, they're two unknowns. Um, I'll quickly tell you, um, if you just bear with me one sec while I, while yeah, I so find well, yeah, it. So while, while Neil's looking for that then, so as you don't know what happens in the aftermath, which is the special and series three, what would you like to see happen to right. Carrie and Curtin and the rest of the, the gang? Well, I just, you know, especially the characters with such sadness to them and, and dysfunction, I always wanted to see them work work their way out, you know. So for Carrie, uh, get out from living with her mom, who is so funny. Of course, I know Daisy does that voice, too. So have they ever talked about what, what do they, how do they do that? Do they have, like, someone else just read the lines off screen and then she goes and does them later or... I think she uh, said that she records them on like a, a boombox, like on a tape recorder, and then yeah, just plays yeah, them yeah. plays them back in real time. Yeah, they play it oh, that's great. in real time and try and act through it like that way. Hilarious, hilarious. Right here we go. Uh, so, so, oh, so I was going to say, I was going to say, I was going to finish by saying that I hope that she gets her, she gets out, she has her own place, and she whatever. I don't think her father will ever come around to loving her. So hopefully she understands and realizes that he's a toxic thing and that she, she has a friend or somewhere and that curtain uh, does get, does get to go back to that college or get out of, you know, I'm not saying that 
it looks like a lovely. That's the other thing too. It's like that looks like a lovely, lovely little town. <laughs> like I would, I would love to go visit there. It but, really is know, gorgeous. The yeah. show, it's 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 this hellhole of like you know despair. But uh, I just want I just want them to be happy. I want them to to grow up and mature and and, and have happy lives. That's sweet, isn't it? So what? So obviously the well, Simpsons. Oh, sorry. You were going to say about uh, Neil. Oh, yes, so I've got American. all the information. So it is Fox that's definitely got it. And uh, Kerry and Curtin are going to be known as Kelly and Shrub Mallet. All right. And Kelly is played by an unknown called Chelsea Holmes, while Shrub is an actor called Sam Straley, or Straley, who was in oh, the okay, yeah. All Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know those guys, but I'm sure it'll be funny. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully, well, you know, like usually what they do is make a pilot first, mm. which, you know, hopefully the, you know, everything's on hold right now anyway because of what's going on. But um, I'll be excited to see that and I'll hope that it's good. Yeah. So, uh, as I was saying, The Simpsons goes on and on. When, what are they, 30, 32 seasons now, is it? Yes. we're Season 31 is currently airing on television right now and 32 will start in the fall that's awesome and and i take it it's just going to keep going because again i don't i would never want there to be a world where simpsons isn't being made yeah we certainly don't want it to end you know every couple of years the current deal whatever you want to call it the order ends and they have to re-up it and make a new deal with the network and now that we're owned by disney uh, you know, it's complicated things a little bit, probably. So, you know, at the end of this current year, 2020, will be when all the that's when that deal will be over and they'll have to make a new one in order to continue making new shows. But I, everyone loves it. We love it. Everyone like, you know, we're still doing pretty good ratings wise. Uh, you know, hopefully they'll continue wanting to make more. Another but movie? I, love it. I wouldn't. Another movie, I, I think that will happen someday. I don't know when. Uh, there's been discussions about it off and on for a couple of years, trying to find the right story to do it and the right time to do it. We just created, I was part of the team that made a little short uh, starring Maggie that is, you know, we had one a couple of years ago that was called The Longest Daycare, and we have a new one that's called Playdate with Destiny that, at least here in the United States, it opened, uh, it was sort of like the little cartoon short that you would see before the Pixar movie onward. Right. Okay. Um, and so I don't know, I think, you know, again, you know, movie theaters aren't happening right now. Mm. Uh, so I imagine that will, that short will find its way to Disney plus eventually, I'm sure. Uh, but that was sweet. And another one of those little short, little silent little movies starring uh, little Maggie. Um, another movie I think will probably happen at some point, but there's no, nothing concrete about it right now because to me uh, the first simpsons movie that was as near the knuckle as you could get because no one was expecting to see bart's junk just for that split <laughs> yeah <laughs> i can remember i can remember audibly gasping when i saw that at the cinema i yeah. was not expecting that because they you put so much effort into like hiding it with like this that and the other and all of a sudden that split second with a gap in the fence yeah oh that's that just so good i love that joke so yeah, good. that was fun. I did a little bit of work on that movie, just a little bit of work. Me and three other guys, we were in what's called a modular room, meaning that um, we uh, were sent off to work on specific bits and jokes that they, the main team had come up with, a, got stuck on. So um, we 
little things here and there in the movie. The, the main thing that we contributed that people remember is when the Albert Brooks character first shows up in town uh, and he says, I want to, you know, I want to, I want everyone out here. I want a thousand tough guys and a thousand soft guys. And I want like this tough, tough, soft, soft, hard, hard, hard. <laughs> that was, we, wrote, we wrote that bit. Uh, so that was fun. That was a fun experience. That's awesome. Uh, that yeah. Is. And then uh, I do have to sign off in a minute, but I just want okay. to say that season four of F is for Family is in the works right now. And Fantastic. Um, they haven't announced our, our release date yet, but it will be out worldwide. Um, all I can say is that it'll be sometime in the season of spring, you know, which runs from now to the end of to the middle of June. So it'll be somewhere in there. Uh, we're working on it. Uh, it's all finished. People were worried, like, are we in trouble now because of what's going on with with uh, the sickness? But uh, no, all the shows are done. Uh, we're in the process of putting together like posters and trailers for it. And Netflix will announce the we'll drop the first trailer for it. Uh, I don't know, sometime in the next month or so, probably, hopefully. So awesome. anyway, it was really, really, it's a really great season. We're really proud of it. And uh, I can't wait for everybody to see it. Well, I would say if, if, if anybody in this very PC world, if anybody wants to watch something that is un-PC as you like, beautifully un-PC, watch F is for Family because it is... It's just a great, great bit of uh, a bit of um, animation. Some of the stuff you it would burn your eyeballs with some of the stuff that they show. But it's funny. It's, it's some of it's wrong, but it's so funny. It's highly recommended. It's so wrong. It's right. Well, oh uh, well, thank you. Well, just to bring it back around to to this country too. That's that's sort of. I have finally had the chance to create my own show, and I think that's sort of in a way. You know, it's. I like to think. Very funny, but also very relatable about mm. real people, and that there's a there's a great deal. And of course, so much credit goes to Bill Burr and to our amazing uh, writing staff, but um, and the performers. But it's not just funny for the sake of being funny. There's also realness to it, and real emotion, and and genuine uh, emotional and heart heartbreaking moments. And that's that's what I like. Yeah, so, absolutely. That's well, why I like this country, Michael. Thank you so much. We will let you get back to the the important business of uh, writing the Simpsons because that is way more important than you talking to us. Thank you so much, sir. It's been a thank real, you, real Michael. pleasure to speak to you. It's been an honor. Thank you. Such a pleasure too. And let's let's hook up again after I had a chance to watch uh, season three. Absolutely. absolutely. Stay safe. And okay. And the special. And the special. And yeah. the special. I have to <laughs> dig that one out. We'll find that somewhere. Take okay. care, Michael. Thank Bye you very again. much. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Right, so, Neil, time for your little bit of housekeeping, please, from all the way in the TV screen. Yes, let's try this. (laughs) Let's try try I need to work out a better way of saying that. Here we go. Let's work this out. We have ourselves on all the social medias under WTAF This Country. We have an email where you can email us. Christ in my headphones, that was loud. You can email us... WTAF this country at hotmail.com and please do come and visit the website. I got bells in my ears. And our website is WTAFpodcast.com. Please do come and visit that as well. Um, just to let you know, everybody listening to this, if you were coming to our live show, that's obviously been postponed until September the 18th. If you have bought a ticket, it is valid for the new date. Which is September the 18th. Or did you September. just say that? I did say that. <laughs> <laughs> that shows I wasn't I listening. bells in my ears. 
Yes, and of course, if you want to become a Patreon bozo, you can uh, just go to www.patreon.com forward slash WTAF. So thank you very much, Michael. Uh, he has already gone. Uh, he's off now doing the important work, doing the God's work. Got the meetings. He's got the meetings. Meetings, meetings, at meetings Monday, meetings Tuesday. Can't do meetings Wednesday, too many meetings. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going stir crazy. crazy. I've, I've only been locked down for two days and I'm already off my tits. Uh, anyway, uh, thank you very much, everybody. Um, that I think that sort of was a success, Neil. I think it was. We'll get better at it. As time you know, goes. yeah, I think maybe you may never have to come into the shed again. We'll just do it like this all no, the time. I've made that ass dent in that bed of mine and I'm coming back. <laughs> <laughs> okay well that'll do it for uh episode 120 of wtaf of this country podcast 120 neil can't believe it can't believe it at all that'll do sure. thank you very much neil thank you very much pav thank you very much michael yeah. and uh that'll do it from us i've forgotten what this <laughs> uh go and get go and, fuckers. go and get plumbed your fuckers Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. Daft cow. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? Hi, I'm Pav. I'm Neil. We're here to tell you about our new exciting project, the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Phenomenal. That's right, Neil. We grab a guest or two, pick a subject, then bring our own Top 10s to the pod. Yes. It could be Top 10 scary movies, Top 10 swear words, Top 10 breakfast foods, anything. Oh, you saucy devil. Indeed, Neil. Our first episode will be online very soon, so subscribe on all your usual podcast platforms so you don't miss it. Yes. The Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's begin the countdown. Phenomenal.